Welcome to the Alsander Law Podcast, your go-to resource for demystifying family law with experience and empathy by your side. Hosted by attorney Cheryl Alsander, founder and lead attorney at the Alsander Law Firm and a board-certified family law specialist. Together with attorney Cheryl, delve into the intricate world of divorce, child custody, and more sharing valuable insights, expert interviews, and real-life stories to support you on your family's legal journey. No matter what challenges come your way, our team is here to guide you every step of the way. Join us and let us help you find clarity amidst the legal maze, paving the way for a brighter future. Hello, and welcome to the Alsandor Law Firm Family Law Podcast. I'm Cheryl Alsandor with our special guest, Angela Jackson. Angela Jackson from Houston, Texas. Angela, can you tell a little bit about what you do? I understand you hold a couple of licenses here in Houston, Texas. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, most importantly, I am a realtor in the local Houston area, Houston and surrounding area. I love what I do. Yes, I am full time. Backstory is I also hold a license to practice law. I am an attorney. I am no longer doing that. There are things that I do for myself and for my family because, of course, I work very hard for that license. So I make sure I keep it active. So you ran from the practice of law. Is that what it is? Go figure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Transition to something else. I was just, I think I got burned out, you know, yeah. my little boys. They grew up into men. I hardly saw them in the area that I was practicing in. And it was funny because my husband, he had said there was a, they had a force of a reduction of force at the law firm. And he's like, well, you know, you don't really enjoy this. Why don't you look into something else? Well, I took that and ran with it. You ran with it. You weren't like me enjoying that family law. Yes. Got to have a calling on you. Got to have a calling. And Mm -hmm. I, I can tell you, I really enjoyed the the business model of real estate. I, I always loved helping people. That was the part that brought yes. me to small. Um, now I'm doing what I love. I would dream about real estate even as a, a younger person in my twenties. So I'm doing this full time, whether it's you know helping others invest or getting their first home or selling their home or getting a second home, all of that, it's very yummy to me. Very yummy. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to talk to you today. Let's explore that intersection of real estate and family law. You've got some family law experience and that legal experience that you have. Sometimes there, there is that intersection. Now, tell us a little bit, though, about your specialty in real estate, because I think you, I think I heard that you like to focus, you have some special understanding for those people who are going through divorces. Tell a little Mm -hmm. bit about that. Yes. So I, thankfully, because of my background, when there are some unusual issues, yes, like divorce, like maybe a loved one has passed away, we've got some probate issues. It doesn't uh, scare me because I know exactly what's going on. (laughs) So I'm able to kind of be their real estate guide and kind of set realistic expectations of what's supposed to happen for the sale of the property and kind of help you really, you work in tandem. If they've got counsel, you work 
in conjunction with them because it's not something the average person thinks that those are separate events. I'm getting divorced, but I'm also selling property. That's right. That's right. Because I, I get clients all the time. They When they hire me, they will have already, they, they might say, oh, we just sold our property. And then we filed for divorce. And as a divorce lawyer, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I mm-hmm. wish you would have waited. Maybe we could right. use those proceeds to offset something. Mm-hmm. Or they, they hire me and they say the house is lift, listed for sale. Yeah, those they can that can get pretty sticky. So, and you, they want to proceed the best way that they can. So, I'm thankful that I have some of that background. So, I know, you know, if I've get, got a client that says, Hey, no, we are divorcing, I already have something going on in the back of my head of, Okay, this is how we need to approach it. And, you know, first step, you know, have you spoken to your attorney about this? Because as you said, they may not even be thinking like, oh yeah, it's not a big deal. We're just getting rid of the property. That's all. Right. <laughs> That's right. And and then me on the other side, I'm like, oh, okay. So right. what are some things that you'd want a person to consider if they are about to file for divorce, but they're thinking about selling their property? What are some of the flags or the thoughts that come across your mind? Well, so if it's you think it's on the horizon, um, there's two things. One, because I understand if there's a divorce, there may be a there might be a disconnect between the two people. Mm-hmm. However, when you're selling the house, you're still two people selling the house. So you don't have to exactly get along, but you're doing this thing in conjunction. So for example, you know, they may have their, of course, their separate counsel. But when I come in as a realtor, I'm not advocating for either or of them. I represent both of them. Yes. So it's important that, you know, I these flags of them thinking that possibly, I would let them know, well, you know, anything you tell me, the other person, they would know because I represent you together. Mm-hmm. And together I am advocating for you to get the best deal for your property. Right. That's how we work together as a team. To make the most that they can make and move on. Move on. So um, that is, I guess it wouldn't be a red flag, but something that I would want to drive down into the ground, probably have it like a repetitive thing, you know, especially if it's a situation where it might be a highly contested divorce. Yes. Yes. And then the other situation is, not to say that someone would try to do this, but if someone thought, oh, well, I can just sell the property because my name is only on the property and yes. divorce, shamors, whatever we're going to get, that is not going to fly. Even if you try to not disclose that to your realtor, which you should not do, company will definitely catch it. Okay. <laughs> very upset at closing and you'll have some very upset buyers. And you probably might even end up breaching your contract, which is a whole nother mess. Oh, no. (laughs) So the the moral of the story is if you are, if you have a spouse, include them in the sale of the property and let the realtor know, right? Okay. Yes. All on the same team. Yes. One team. (laughs) One team accepted until, well, what about when the divorce is pending? You know, mm-hmm. so I get clients all the time, like I was saying, who come to me and in the strategy session with me, they're telling me, 
well, we've got the house listed for sale. Mm -hmm. And so do, I mean, what, do you need to know that they're headed into divorce? And if so, how does that affect what you do? Yes, I absolutely. If you're headed into divorce or definitely if you're in divorce, all of that is that's critical information. So if I get that information immediately, I will want to have them confirm that they have spoken separately, you know, with their own attorneys on this, because usually the home is the largest asset. True. Even if it's not, it's an asset. And you don't want to be transferring it willy nilly Mm -hmm. when you've got your whole, all your entire estate is basically being examined and kind of how I look at it is I'd say frozen. I say your estate is frozen right now. And it needs to stay that way until y'all come to an agreement of how exactly. And I can't, my hands are tied now outside of, I see, an agreement that, you know, your council, everybody has agreed on mm-hmm. saying that yeah, this needs to be sold and all of that, then we could move forward with that. But outside of that, we have to wait. Right. Right. I definitely understand that because that those sales proceeds might be used to offset some other asset that needs to be divided, like retirement. I mm-hmm. oftentimes find myself sort of you know, using those two against each other. This spouse will get more of the retirement, but this other spouse will get more of the sales proceeds and will take into account taxes and all those other things that come with it. Very true. Absolutely. What about once they have lawyers? You know, sometimes we we go to mediation, just like you said, we or we don't go to mediation. We've somehow reached an agreement that this house is going to be sold we might even throw in some extra terms about, okay, what the sales proceeds will be used to pay this debt and then split 50-50. Right. What, what do you need to know as a realtor and what kind of advice do you, you want to give to those sellers in, those, in that situation? Yes. The, well, this will probably be the same advice that you give. The more specific the instructions Mm. the better. So yeah, if I, yes, if there's something that's supposed to be paid off, then, you know, line by line. Now the title company, outside of it being something connected with the closing, because I could see a scenario like that, that out of husband's proceeds, you know, maybe there were some solar panels or something and say, okay, but he's going to pay off the solar panels. Okay. This portion, you would want to have that, the black and white of it laid out So the title company has its specific instructions. And then for the other things that maybe is outside of the closing, that I I would not know as long as, I would not need to know as long as we know the split that each spouse is getting. To get, okay. Um, They're all, uh, everything is, again, agreed upon. We need to make Mm -hmm. sure it's not just one spouse um, asserting their proposal. And have you ever been, and I guess much of this is privilege, but I mean, are there situations where you can think of where it's not agreed? And what does that do to you as the realtor if you've got your clients in your ear saying different things? Because I know on my end, we hear that my client is saying this to the realtor, the other spouse is saying something else. Mm-hmm. And, and then we lawyers start communicating with the realtor. I mean, what do you want from us as a realtor? And what do you do in those situations? And in those situations, it's more like 
that's when your my personality comes out where I'm able to <laughs> diffuse. Yes. So one, try to stop all the side conversations mm-hmm. and I get it. A lot of people may be busy, so I might not be able to get an audience with both of them. Mm-hmm. But what we would, what I would end up doing is basically giving the plan of action and it would be me getting it in writing, sending it to both parties or both sellers so that they can see and then I can confirm if they're in agreement. Once I can get that in writing or a response, I can mm-hmm. still follow up with a telephone call, you know, to make sure that they're receiving at their level, whatever it is of what's happening. Cause you know, with marriages, usually it's the opposites. So you might have the analytic and then mm. and right. need to convey that information in a way that they both can understand. And then, but if I send that email out and I get some feedback that, you know, it's going left, I know that we have to pump the brakes and I've got to revisit if we're mid contract. Cause you know, in real estate, that trek contract is it's got a timeline in it. And okay. if there are deadlines that you blow through, you can be in breach. So of course I'm always thinking, let me, I've got to protect the seller. Okay. We're having an issue. Let's make sure we resolve it. Here's your liability. If we don't resolve this. <laughs> okay. And that kind of puts some heat under things. Like this is not a, you know, you put your hands and say, I don't want to do it anymore. You're going to end up taking a hit. If we've got a buyer on the hook mm-hmm. and you've got to perform, then we've got to perform. So let's go ahead and follow through on this contract because you have something to lose if not. That's right. That's right. Realize that contract, unfortunately, well, it's not unfortunate. It's drafted more so to me to protect the buyer than the seller. Okay. (laughs) The sellers need to really walk a fine line when they're under contract. Okay. That's good to know. So, So myself as a practitioner, I just need to make sure my client is aware of that. Like, hey, you've got this other, these other timelines that can really harm you. If you yes. follow them. So, yes. So, yeah, you okay. want to, to your agent. And that's why it's so important in the information gathering stage before mm-hmm. we even, you know, get under contract when we're talking about putting the house up for sale to kind of clear through any of those landmines that may come up so mm-hmm. that we don't have that issue, you know? Right, right. Is there ever a conflict with the sales price? And I was wondering, this is something, sometimes we put it in the decree, the divorce decree, that they'll agree. And then there are some cases I, I know they're never going to agree. They don't agree on anything. And so, you know, what's a good way to, to figure out to how to, li- you know, what price to list it at? Mm-hmm. To list a home, you're always going to, now this is germane to my, my job description, is to see where the market is and not actually just where it is, but where it's going. So a good realtor is going to look at just about the average amount of time it takes for a home to sell in that area okay. or to that. Within that time frame, you're going to look at what the homes are selling for now and mm-hmm. look at the change of the market in the past six months so you can see where you're going. If you want to be competitive, you're going to price the home where it's going. So if there's an incline, like mm-hmm. when we saw when the market was super heated, yes. you ride that wave, you price it a little bit above. Mm-hmm. If there's a slow decline, then you price it a little bit below. And then also... 
I will talk to them about the comp- the competing homes because mm-hmm. of course, they're not the only home for sale in that neighborhood. So they can see maybe the home that has the similar floor plan, but mm-hmm. maybe there's a pool or maybe they redid the floors and some sellers can be a little sentimental with their home and decide yeah. oh, my home is the best and that's home sold for 500 mine should too right same so that's when i kick in and do my job and show what we call the you know uh, market analysis and show mm-hmm. the parables so they can see if you were a buyer and you had 500000 which house would you purchase? <laughs> That's good. Good information. Because <laughs> I, a lot of times my clients will give us the market value. And I'll ask, well, where are you getting that from? And well, I looked on, what is it, what is it Zillow? And I looked here and there. And I saw the house across the street or down the street. And it sold for this amount. And, you know, so now I have some questions to ask them. Well, you know, do they have any upgrades? You know, do you have upgrades? And so, right. so yeah, that's good yeah. to know. It, it makes all the difference. <laughs> when it's time to, to list it, sometimes I, I have issues, especially when a divorce is pending. Maybe one spouse, you've got to order or an agreement to list it. And maybe one is more eager to list it than the other. Maybe one wants to do some sprucing up, paint, mm-hmm. carpet, whatever. And the other one's like, no, list it as is. I mean, what is yeah. your take on that? Does it need to be just at, at its optimum best appearance? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. they just can't do that. They're in a, they they got to get this divorce finalized, get the cash, split it, and move on. What are your thoughts about that? My thought, well, here are my thoughts. You know, my my ultimate goal would be to get them the top dollar, which would be ideally to prep the house, to make sure it's staged. If there's some, you know, little touch up paint that needs to be done, cut the lawn, all of that stuff, because it is almost like a beauty show. Buyers look at your home on that, on their First, it starts on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. So first see those pictures and immediately make a decision on if, that's going to be a home that they're interested in and are looking at. Right. Mm -hmm. So even if, you know, the best photography is going to, you know, make the home look like one, then (laughs) we might have issues. And, but I get it. There are some scenarios where they're like, you know, we're going to take a financial hit with this, but we don't have it in us. We don't have the time. You know, Mm -hmm. I can, to a degree, try to run interference, do a little help. I know, you know, staff like maids and all that, like, you know, I can work with you on that. But for the part, if they're saying, no, we've got to jump out of this. Like if we could sell it tomorrow, we would do it. Yes. We have that conversation and then I'm going to give them comps on homes that are in that state. Okay. Or that they can hug those numbers because mm-hmm. they're not going to get top dollar. And it's going to look different. Remember when you sell, they're selling costs, right? So okay. you have, you know, your closing costs, you're going to pay prorated taxes. If there's any you know, liens, you know, the lender, all of that, you're going to pay that. There's also the realtor's commission was roughly at 6%. So you back all that out, you see your final number and you compare that to the number if it's spruced up, it might motivate them to get it, you know, up to snuff. However, I've sold homes that were just, you know, it needed a little bit of love and mm-hmm. it's marketed at, as that. 
and (laughs) you can have your number, you know, acknowledging that. And, you know, you just hold tight on that. And then it just depends because if you did that on that market where we were just selling like hotcakes, that home still would have sold. No matter what. (laughs) Right. Big holes in the wall didn't matter. Yeah, yeah we want to <laughs> Go get your things later. We'll just move yeah. On. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, good. Great information. Great information. Because I was on the other side and I'm listening to the info from my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you know that you think it's important for a, a selling client to know who is? maybe headed towards divorce is, is all is already in divorce or maybe they are they just got divorced anything else that you think is is beneficial there that would be beneficial well of course which we've already touched on please disclose that to your realtor it is absolutely crucial sure. it's the right thing to do it's out of respect for the realtor and it also lets them do their best job for you okay um, Coming down that line, it is also helpful to, if you've got a picture in mind of where, you know, you are going to go with those proceeds, which will go back to, you know, the discussion with your own attorney to make sure what to expect so that y'all will come to some agreement and to let you know, it's not impossible to uh, sell during divorce. It's, if you got a realtor that's patient and can kind of do the, you know, the whole Let's come together in peace and all that. It can be done. So don't be afraid of it. And just bring that conversation up to your attorney, of course. Disclosure and, and, and that patient, let's be peaceful realtor. Is that you? That is me. I get, <laughs> I get that feedback all the time. A lot of my, I have a lot of high drive friends and they're like, you're so calming. <laughs> You're just yes. Coming to me, I'm like, yeah, that's my superpower. That's your superpower. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna send our clients who are on their way out. We're gonna send them to you when they need to sell. If yeah. somebody wants to get in touch with you, how did they reach you? Your calm, peaceful yes. sales experience, backed by your law degree. Okay. Well, you can reach me at, of course, my email is Angela, oh, excuse me, A-A-L Jackson at KW.com. And you can reach me by phone, my direct line at 832-856-5087. And my webpage is the same, um, AALJackson.KW.com. Excellent. 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 Well, thank you, attorney, realtor, Angela Jackson, for coming into our podcast world. And for those of you who are watching, if you have enjoyed this information, if it's been beneficial to you, please hit the like button and don't hesitate to share and stay tuned for our next episode. It'll be interesting. It'll be related to family law or something touching our wonderful family. So you all be blessed and be prayerful. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Alsander Law Podcast. If you need expert legal representation for matters about family law, the Houston Family Law Team at the Alsander Law Firm is here to help. Visit alsanderlaw.com to learn more. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, or review our show and share it with others who might benefit from the conversations. 
Join us next week as we continue to explore crucial family law topics. Stay resilient and know that we're committed to supporting you every step of your journey.